Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I am joined by a very hungover bachelor party man, Luke Owen. Hello, the SWAT Nation. Hello, Oliver Davis. How are you feeling? I was so I was feeling bad before we recorded today's show, but then as we were in today's show, I was I, I just picked up. You know, it was, everything was going good again, and then we something happened where we. We went to do the outro plugs and I just crashed. Yeah. And my, now I've got nothing my left. My brain just shut down. Yeah. And I was all over the shop. And so now we've got, now we're recording this intro, this podcast intro, after the crash. Mm. And yeah. It'll get a lot more exciting uh, once, you, once you're into the full show. My, uh, my friend, uh, Chris Legend, sent me a message yesterday after he'd had a sleep. He said, I got home and I just crashed out. But wait, people don't know yet because we haven't told yes. the stag party thing. So the, 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 the reason we're both so hungover is because we were away for the weekend for Luke's bachelor party. Indeed. And uh, yeah, well, there was a lot of alcohol consumed, but carry on. Uh, he got home and he just sort of crashed out and he said it was like a proper reset to factory setting sleep. Mm. He said, oh, that's what I needed. And I feel like that's what I'm still waiting for yeah. because I slept awfully last night. I haven't, I haven't had my reset to factory settings yet. I'm gonna have a pizza when I get home, oh. and I'm gonna watch Ring of Honor: <laughs> Death Before Dishonor. Yes, I think I am having a vegan stir fry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, because it's the podcast. Do you want to have a exclusive bachelor party party story? Oh, go on then. No, well, no, from you. Oh, from me. One that we didn't share on the um, main show. I mean, there's certain things I'm not sure we we can we talk. Can't we talk can't talk about. about yeah, there's certain things that uh, have to stay within those mm. four walls of the house we were staying in. What happens in Eastern Europe on a stag party <laughs> stays in Eastern well, Europe. Well, we did not go to Eastern Europe. We actually went to Gloucester, or a, a, a town that was a little Gloucester. bit Gloucester. A town that was a bit close to Gloucester. Um, Minsterworth. <laughs> was that where it was? That's where I read a book on it. So someone left a pamphlet about the history of Minsterworth. Oh, um, was that, that you were the one who was reading that? Yeah, I yeah I needed on on Saturday. I just disappeared for two hours <laughs> and sat by the River Seven. Yeah, uh, I I disappeared. Cried for, into I, that book. I disappeared for a while as well, but I went to go hug a toilet bowl mm. because. So the idea, dear listener, was that 
uh, the Friday night was just going to be, we were all just going to get there, and we were just going to get to know each other, introduce ourselves, have a few drinks, play some games, have a bit of a laugh. What we ended up doing was going hard and fast. Yeah. And we partied hard on the Friday night. So I spent most of Saturday just getting progressively worse and worse and worse. Well, it's social anxiety because, I mean, you knew everyone there, but everyone else did not know each other. So the best way to get round social anxiety, I think, is to get really, really drunk. Yeah. So everyone just got really, really drunk. And then it was it was like someone, you know, you they're like, oh, it's only it's not that far down this snow filled mountain. I'm just going to push this tiny snowball. And then before I knew it, it was a freaking giant boulder of ice hurtling towards my face. Yeah. At and, the bottom. And you made a new best friend. Oh, yeah. I made a new best friend. <laughs> and now we've got everything in common. <laughs> There are a few people who can go play by play in the uh, first two years of the New 52 in DC. <laughs> and uh, this guy could. <laughs> so that was fun. I've got one. I've, I've just thought of a story. Well, I've just thought of one as well, because I, uh, why I managed to pick myself up on the Friday. I'm uh, oh, sorry, the Saturday after where I was just feeling very, very green and very low. And I was, I was hugging a toilet bowl for a while. But when I had a beer, that didn't make me feel better. I had another beer, didn't make me feel better. But then my best man got me round, got us all round. Which to, isn't me. No, it's not. No, not you. But uh, that's because you got a new best friend now. But they, uh, they got, uh, got us all round to do Jaeger bombs. For uh, any of listeners not aware yeah. of a Jaeger bomb, it's when you have a shot of Jaegermeister with a load of um, energy drink. Now, because I'm on my year's cleanse of not having any fizzy drinks, lager doesn't count, but I'm having no fizzy drinks, uh, I couldn't do that. So I had to just drink Jaegermeister straight. And doing four shots of Jägermeister picked me right back up. And mm. as soon as that was, I was like, I feel great. Back in the room. I am back in the room and I feel grand. I should have done this at 10 o'clock and I felt so much better about myself. Mm. But then we did. We were up until six outside by a fire pit. Mm. And I was drinking Baileys because I'm that cool. Well, uh, my story was going to be uh, on the Friday night. We all started around like four in the morning, started playing uh, a game called Werewolf. Yeah, Werewolves. yeah, Werewolf. It's One Night yeah. Ultimate Werewolf. It's one of my favourite games. Yeah, and part of the game is you'll get dealt a card and that has a certain uh, role on it. And it was uh, that th- th- you then play a story on an app and it, it says everyone close your eyes and it tells certain people that have certain cards to perform actions, but everyone else doesn't know what you're doing because everyone's got their eyes closed. I close my eyes fall asleep <laughs> it's happened. Just, just keeled over and it, fell asleep it happens because we play well for lots within mm. that circle of friends and we always play it very late in the party because we really enjoy playing it. and especially when you're drunk you, you just get more shouty at each other which yeah. makes it even more fun but there is always that one person who as soon as their eyes close they just fall asleep it's usually my friend Hev she just falls instantly asleep and then when it's like everyone wake up and they'll be like oh dear where am I where am I I'm who's asleep. the president I don't think I did my action yeah uh, yeah, I had no idea how to play that game. <laughs> I was... So let's do some uh, iTunes reviews. From low underscore rider 100, we have Life Saving. I haven't been here since the first podcast, I'll be honest, but I love every podcast and I'm never late for them. I always listen to you guys before my college classes and my crap gimmick is Michael Tarver coming out every week making promos for his faction, the Nexus that no longer exists. Hashtag swaft. Hashtag Luke for fantasy booking. What? Hashtag fantasy book Baller Club debut next. Well, we sort of did. Oh, like, cheers, yeah, Lowrider. No we sort of already did Baller Club, which is why we're not doing that now. Yeah, well, it was it was within a broken Matt Hardy feud, so I guess you yeah. could do it without that. 
One day, maybe, when we run out of ideas, before the CM Punk return. <laughs> Brody Mac writes, can't get enough. This podcast breaks the Dave scale. Ollie and Luke provide valid points and obviously know what they are talking about. The rambling in between reviews about Luke skateboarding and Wonder Ollie breaks up everything well. This podcast is S-W-A-F-T. Swaft. Cheers, Brody Mac. Cheers, Brody Mac. Let's get on with the oh, show. Oh, okay. What's the Dave scale? I believe it's Dave Meltzer. Oh, right. Okay, I'm with you now. Let's do the show. Yeah. But before we get going, should we we talk about DDP just effectively endorsing you having sex with someone? (laughs) I mean, yeah, he did a very, very nice job in uh, promoting A, DDP yoga. Yes. But B, um, the the, the consent of marriage. Was it it the... um, no, consummating, consummating the marriage. Consummating the marriage. marriage yeah. That's the what I'm after. Not cons- that's, that's, a, that's a different one. But consummating the marriage is very much what Diamond Dallas Page was uh, was recommending to mm. me. Well, actually, we're saying that the, my bride-to-be is very lucky because I do DDP yoga. And and that will translate into lovemaking skills. It, well, you'd think, wouldn't you? Because, mm. I mean, as someone who has, do, who has been doing DDP yoga for a couple of years now, I can confirm that is correct. And my bride-to-be is also a DDP yoga, uh, yoga user. So I know how good it can be. Bam. Bang. So it's what it's all about di- dynamic resistance. The dynamic what... resistance. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you... you got your towel, make sure you got your water, mm. and you've got to bring that dynamic resistance. Imagine your hands are like a fire hydrant and bang! As if water's shooting out of your hands. It's not the only place that's gonna be shooting liquid <laughs> out of it, I reckon. So yes, if you haven't uh, guessed from that opening video, it was Luke's bachelor party. We call it a stag do in you in the UK. Uh, over the weekend, and oh my word, are we hanging? Yeah, I mean, I got I got a text message from you this morning. I feel like I'm far away from you. I got a text mm. message from you this morning that essentially said, "Well, I'm I'm running late, a because you'd slept in a little bit, mm. but um, let's not spend too much time in the studio today. Let's no. just let's just record what we need to record and get out of here pronto." Yeah, I need to cry. I just <laughs> I, I, I just want to go home and I want to. Go in the bathroom. Like some, I don't know why, but the bathroom always feels really secure for me. Mm. So I'm just going to go in the bathroom, not have a bath. I'm just going to sit in the bath, clothed, with the shower on, and sob. Well, I uh, got home yesterday. Oh, shake. Oh, I've got the shakes. Oh, have mate, you? I, uh, yeah, yesterday I was a complete no, no, mess no, no, yesterday. No, no. I was very, I was probably much worse on the Saturday, but I was very bad mm. yesterday. Very quiet car ride home as I was uh, driven back to my, well, driven back to my friend's house, and then I had to drive, which I'd don't overly recommend um and then uh i got home my uh wife-to-be made me a nice cup of tea that really did help a little bit then i went and had a bit of a sleep mm. put a podcast on had a sleep and then oh, the highlights of the whole thing had a shower Ooh. oh much oh. a much needed shower i've never felt so much better mm. after having a shower and then pff, crashed right back down again and it was awful yeah, so uh, do you have any standout moments from the weekend? Standout moments from we all the went weekend. To, uh, we all went to a, a house in the middle of nowhere. Mm. About 20 blokes. It was, it was 100% geezer. It was, it was, and it was 20 blokes on the dot, yeah, uh, yeah. including you and I. Mm. Um, played a lot of FIFA, mm-hmm. uh, played a lot of speedrunners. Uh, uh, board games. Board games, tabletop gaming, absolutely. There was a pool table. Yep. I had, oh my God, so I, I'm, like, I would like to say I'm pretty good at pool pretty good at snooker I, I do like snooker and 
I was just having a mare. I lost five matches. Who did you lose to? Mainly Chris Ledger, because he's, <laughs> he's apparently quite good. He's very good yeah, at Yeah, so games. that's probably why I was losing. Uh, but something happened on the final, my final game. I thought, I'm not playing anymore. I was rather inebriated. It was like 3 a.m. on a Saturday night slash Sunday morning. And I just, I was in flow. I was potting. So, like, I cleared the table and the black. And as I was potting balls, you could still hear the last ball I potted rolling wow. through the, the table. And I was just, you know, hopping around, pop, pop, pop. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to double the black. Boom. Just didn't even think about it. And it went in. Oh. And then I was just, yeah, I wish I had a mic to drop. <laughs> Someone should have ran in, given me a mic. And I just dropped Except it. Set the pool cue to drop instead. Yeah, but it, you know, it was someone's house. I didn't want to. That's good. So we, have, hurt we, it. we need to get that deposit back. Oh god, I'm just like that was the most. I've just spent all my energy telling that story. I, it was so funny because when we were sat in here, we were doing our test records just to make sure that the, the camera's working and the sound is working and everything. And you have been very like this is more or less what I've seen all day. Is just is this kind of head down to, like it's just head down. Mm. I need to get my work done. But as soon as that red light came on, almost like you, you came to life a little yeah, bit. But, that's, but now that's all gone again. Yeah, three minutes of that. <laughs> that's, that's all you get. What will probably happen, we'll talk about No Mercy now. And every now and again, sorry, it's going to hit. It's going to sound horrible if you're listening to this with headphones. But one of us will probably go. Uh, yeah, it's, there's, there are times like I, just, I had a big greasy spoon breakfast thinking that would help out. I don't think it did. This I'm co- glad this isn't smell vision This coffee is not very good. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's helping. Uh, but it's yeah, because it's full of shame. <laughs> my uh, my best man put together my own uh, wheel of doom because I'm a big fan of Impractical Jokers, and that had various things in it, which was shoot to the boots, where I had to drink a whole beer out of a shoe. I don't even know whose shoe it was. Yeah, I don't think anyone did. No, it was like it was a, a walking boot shoe. It was a shoe that we'd found in the house, so I had mm. to drink a beer out of that. That was not particularly great. Um, I had to send a text message to my mother uh, about sheep and, and oh yes, ludax with those, mm-hmm. um, and I had to send a, uh, a a picture message to my bride to be, which apparently she got at like four in the morning, very excited because oh like oh he's got in touch with me to say because I'm been like I'm yeah. talking to her, and uh, it was not a picture of a of something nice. It was a very horrible picture well which we won't go into much here and then in the end we were sat by a fire pit until 6 a bloody mm. m on saturday slash sunday morning and just me and my brother drinking baileys like a proper like bloody a blokes. proper bloody bloke yeah. because i think we drunk every single bit of beer we had in the house and you might have jumped onto the whiskey yes with, i was with so fish and legends when i when i got back home uh, my girlfriend said god you smell really smoky <laughs> And I was like, like because my brain is not firing, right? And you're, this is going to become apparent as we're talking and words don't come as naturally as they yep. usually do. And my brain went, well, Ollie, you were drinking a lot of whiskey last night and whiskey is matured in barrels. <laughs> so you probably smell smoky from the whiskey. Maybe you're sweating it out. And that's what I said to her. And she, she looked at me and went, how much whiskey did you drink? To-? And I was like, it was the fire. It was, it was the, the fire, fire I, I sat next to for four hours. I sat next to a fire for yeah. four hours. Talking about Warhammer. 
Yeah, we're talking about yeah, a lot of Warhammer oh, talk. Warhammer. Um, yeah, we're, we're talking about a lot of things. Bish <sighs> and my other friend Legend argued about aliens, I think, for the entire weekend. Yeah. Uh, but, which is better, alien or aliens? Mm. That's up for a, a debate, a long debate, as they can well prove. Uh, a, a debate that will never have a conclusion, no. I think. No, and you're sat on the same table with them at the wedding as well, oh, so great. you get to hear more of that. Uh, but I was just I was drinking Baileys with my brother, but because it was dark and there was only like the light of the fire, couldn't really do proper measurements. So in the end, I think we were drinking pints of it wow because we were just saying those massive cups and i would just go like sure hello i was just go through this now i'd never met luke's brother before he looks like luke <laughs> a lot it is yeah. uh i wasn't prepared for how much you look alike yeah it, my brother gets compared to two people in this world aside yeah. from me obviously uh he said people either say he looks like daniel bryan or because of the beard because yeah. of the beard and the hair or jim henson or you well, as I said, apart from me, oh, apart it's, from it's me. Daniel Bryan and Jim Henson. Whereas, it's not firing. No, exactly. No. Which is weird, because I don't look like Daniel Bryan or Jim Henson, but I do look like Hilary Swank. Mm. And my brother doesn't look like Hilary Swank, and yet we look exactly the same. If you're watching this and you're thinking, Luke, you do not look like Hilary Swank, <laughs> Google Hilary Swank, and you, yeah. you'll actually... Oh, wait a second. <laughs> Put a beard on her. So shall we talk about No Mercy? Well, why not? Yeah, because I'll tell you what, waking up at 5am this morning to watch this pay-per-view was not the one. That was not... I did not enjoy that in the least. However, I really enjoyed this pay-per-view. As did I. Like, it, to, it, to flat, like thank God, because yeah, I, I needed this. It did, I needed it, something good this morning. It did kind of bring me back around a little bit. But yeah, I woke up at 5am, my alarm went off, and I was like, oh no. Because I did not mm. sleep very well last night. I slept very poorly. And I was like... I. Can't, I can't be bothered to watch this pay-per-view, but I've got to watch it. But then but then you heard it. Who wants to walk with Elias? <laughs> oh, no, All right, then. Okay. I will. Uh, oh, actually, I didn't watch the pre-show. What? You've missed the five-star classic between Elias and Apollo Crews. Like, the, the pre-shows are too long. I haven't got time to watch that as well. It was. I, 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 I will fully admit, I actually forgot there was a pre-show. Mm. And I dived straight into just That's watching the main show. a pre-show. Well, should I give you a rundown of what happened? Please do, yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm just going to quickly bring up my notes. So CM Punk returned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he answered the. He finally gave Elias his comeuppance. He went and walked with Elias. And uh, Roman Reigns turned heel before. Because that, like, that now makes sense with yeah, how John with, Cena yeah, wrestled the match. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, see, always watch the pre show. They are so significant <laughs> and, and really impact the rest of the show. Mm. Yeah, Elias just defeated Apollo Crews. There was a nice bit. Uh, Elias did his usual guitar shtick at the start, and that was always funny. Apollo Crews' music interrupted. He came out. I, th- I actually quite enjoyed the match. Elias isn't. There isn't much to him in the ring, um, but I, I actually like his style. Mm. That he just slows everything down. Everything is a rest hold, and if he's working against someone who isn't very dynamic, that it can really fall flat. But mm. when he goes up against smaller guys, because I really liked his match against Callisto on Raw, uh, and Apollo Cruz is just as athletic and explosive, and they had a, they, I, I enjoyed their match. It was you know just a seven minute filler thing, but for what it was, I thought it was good. Elias won with the drift away, and then continued to beat down Titus. Sorry, I've given the game away. <clears throat> beat down Cruz. Titus came in and, and chased Elias off. Oh, and I was like, oh, so we're starting a bit of a program between those two. I now. don't think there will be. I think you know this is just pre-show fodder. Pre-show fodder. It won't impact anything. Just uh, to warm the crowd up. Yeah, but yeah, I thought it was it was good. Uh, I. I was told a lot of people tweeted me this morning to say that um, WrestleMania caliber matches were said a lot during uh, the panel. Yeah, yeah, it's the buzzword at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. So, but it—I mean, it was a stacked show. Weirdly, 
my favourite bits about the show were not the WrestleMania caliber matches. I could 100% agree with you on that one, actually. Yeah, and we'll come on to those, I suppose. So the actual show kicked off with The Miz defending his Intercontinental Championship against Jason Jordan. Certainly did, yeah. And it was weird as well, because this was in um, uh, LA. It was Mm -hmm. in California, so it's in... Uh, the Miz's hometown. Although Correction. He, he has he has just sold his house and left. Well, he's he's from, he's from Ohio. He's from Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. But so, because his character is built from being, uh, yeah. he's the the Hollywood A-lister. Mm. He got this almost big hometown reaction. And he's lived there forever. Oh yeah, because yeah. he's once well, been burgled twice. Yes. So they've they've sold up shop. Yeah, he's moving to um, Las Vegas. Um, but yeah, so like he got this big sort of hometown cheer. Mm. And then Jason Jordan is a guy they've got a lot of high hopes for. They kind of put him in a very awkward situation here because then he's coming out as the fiery babyface to a chorus of boos because he's not the Miz. Mm. And then the Miz works the match as a dirty heel while getting Miz is awesome chance and let's like go let, let's go Miz chance. Who's your daddy? Yeah, exactly. that was my favourite chance of like, Jordan. Everyone fully behind the Miz. Although mm. Corey Graves very uh, cleverly covered that up by saying like, "Oh, they're chanting that at the Miz. How disrespectful!" Mm. And even the Miz was reacting like, "How dare you chant that at me?" I um, you brought it up there. Corey Graves, I thought was very good on commentary tonight. Mm. Yeah, I really was, enjoyed yeah. him. Everyone else keeps losing credibility. Like Booker T is. is painful to listen he to he was me. all yeah. over the show and he's he's starting to really bug me during Jason Jordan matches now because he's only got one point which is just like oh he's cutting or son that's how he's getting all these opportunities and then you got Michael Kogan like he, he won a match to get this mm. like he wasn't handed this opportunity he had to like physically win a match to be able to get to this match so he hasn't been handed anything I because when I was watching the pre-show and David Atunga was on it I thought yeah, I'd still go with Booker T, actually, <laughs> as he was talking. Uh, but Michael Cole is just, I can't stand him at the moment. Like, all the credibility is, because he's just reciting the same thing, that the WrestleMania dream matches, yeah, WrestleMania yeah, yeah. caliber matches. But Corey Graves, and I, we'll come on to it in the tag match, was, he just sounds legit. And yeah. he's, he's taking measures about as much as he can do in this role. Because if he was given free reign, I bet it'd be even better. But he's doing all he can in this role to still maintain that credibility and I appreciate what he's doing mm, absolutely uh, yeah. I completely agree with you and then like it was weird because after this match when uh, the Miz beat Jason Jordan uh, with a bit of interference from the uh, the Miztourage then they like they gave this uh, mic time to him oh. so he can say like oh yeah Miz you suck it's like alright if that's how you planned it out and not thought oh, Miz will probably get cheered because we build him from this town mm. so okay so pretend that might have happened they just forgot that that's what the Miz is credited as and they thought actually probably won't get cheered he's the Miz no one likes him and they're like well let's book a, uh, a interview for Jason Jordan afterwards call an audible like if mm. you hear that crowd reaction you hear Jason Jordan getting booed throughout the match and the Miz being cheered like a conquering hero don't call an audible let's not do that interview segment because it will just make Jason Jordan come off even worse because then he's going like oh yeah I mean I want a rematch and Miz you suck boo mm. no he doesn't he's our boy he's our hometown guy yeah it was it was a terrible interview segment and I, I enjoyed the match yeah I really enjoyed I the match Jordan is very good in the ring yep. it's so, I love the suplexes I could watch him suplex mm-hmm. uh, people over and over again and I really liked the finish. Yeah. I liked a lot of the finishes. Well, not the main event ones. I liked the finishes of the undercard. Uh, you know, it was just a bit of, you know, booking nonsense where yeah. you're a bit of distraction here, clobbered him with the right hand. Good timing. Protects Jordan, gets the heat on Miz. I thought I thought it was nice. And similar with the Bala-Wyatt match next, the way that started, I thought that told a good story. Yeah. Uh, but the 
the post-match undid all of the cool stuff Jordan was doing in the ring. I just, I, I, it just felt like he, he was set up to fail. Mm. Which, but, I, which I, I don't understand why you would do that for someone you're trying to push as a baby face. Just, like, just think ahead. Just look at that way your, your town is booked and be like, okay, well, Miz is probably going to get cheered here. Let's not put a guy we're going to push as a, a, as a top baby face and put him in that role there to, be, to fail. It just makes them look like chumps. Are you saying WWE care about a baby face being booed <laughs> and would then change their booking because of that? Uh, an excellent point. Well made. So, we can't just book for one town, the, the, as Michael Hayes would tell you. The, the other two parts about this post-match was Jordan kept smiling. Like, he'd be angry. And I was like, okay. But this, this is kind of like it's got undertones of a heel promo, which it, not enough where he's now a heel. But it's like, okay, for this crowd, you cutting the promo, it's working. But then he'd, he'd almost remember himself and he'd, he'd smile. And he'd do his goofy match graphic smile. Yeah. Like, and I was like, you're losing all credibility there. And then, you've already said it, but that final joke joke like the big line to end it on is was Tamina levels of awful <laughs> it was Tamina forgetting her lines awful because he just said you know like it's bad form to repeat words in sentences mm-hmm. when you're writing you know or, or in promos and, and this was so obviously scripted out for him and the line was you know everyone chants you suck at my dad well you know what Miz you're the one that sucks and like, yeah that is a Rubbish line, isn't it? That's awful. That's it's, very bad verbiage. To it's give like to someone. It's like if you were to say to me, Ollie, you're a smelly butt face, and then I would go, Yeah, well, you're a smelly butt face too. <laughs> yeah, you're a smellier butt. Face. You're more of a smelly <laughs> butt face. That's 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 what happened. Yeah. That's something you give a heel to make them sound, you know, like like an idiot. Yeah. Or Tamina, when she forgets her lines, because that's what she did once. And it was a shame, because I, I really enjoyed this match. I think I said yeah. on the uh, when we did the prediction show that I was hoping this would open uh, the pay-per-view, oh, yeah, because uh, it, it was the perfect match to, to open this card with. Mm. Miz is such a great heel, works as a great heel, granted the crowd were cheering him like, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, but although, actually, a big question for you, I suppose, going by the big, question. the big question coming out of that, especially given today's news, which is that at TLC, it might, well, the rumour mm-hmm. and innuendo is that it's going to be The Shield versus The Miz and The Miseraj. Where does Jordan go from here? Because his whole thing for that promo was like, I want a rematch, setting up. And like, and that finish as well of him being screwed out because of interviews with The Miseraj uh, would set up a future ma- a rematch down the line and a feud. He could certainly uh, have a rematch on Raw. Mm. And that's a nice way to continue if they've got the shield. But, but what I mean, like, but what's next for What's next for him in terms of yeah? Uh, I guess I mean just because it's the next name here, Bray Wyatt. Yeah, okay, uh, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I'd like to see him go Tight into a feud. I'd like to see him go into a feud with Braun. You know, we were talking about like what's next for Braun. Oh wow! After um, losing to Brock, mm. we did a whole we did a mailbag episode on it. I think maybe that'd be quite good because that could that could really elevate Jordan. And it'd be very good to work around someone like Braun Strowman, who's just mm. this, this big seven-foot monster dude. That is an interesting one. I I'm not object to it, yeah. but uh, my like, brain it, also can't think right now. No, and, you, and if you want to take it from a Braun character perspective of just like, I was beaten by a MMA or like a, a, a collegiate wrestler guy, mm. so I'm going to take my frustrations out on the closest approximation I can find to yeah, a that's wrestler. Yeah, that's a good, good little uh, story beat. Yeah, or blame Kurt Angle and beat him up that way. You could do it that way. You could do we it many both reasons. had... 
that one correct. We did. So we indeed. won that prediction together. Yeah. Finn Balor then defeated Bray Wyatt in another good match. This was hands down Bray Wyatt's best match of 2017, and arguably the best match he's had in years. Yeah. This was pay per view match at least. Ab- absolutely brilliant. I really enjoyed this. Definitely the best of the three encounters mm. they've had. And, you know, we've not been overly praising of, of Bray in recent times. Or actually the last two matches they've had, although I quite liked their SummerSlam encounter. Oh, you see, I preferred the Raw match yeah. before it. But, yeah. You, but, yeah, we, we, just, we discussed that in the SummerSlam. So again, my brain's not overly mm. functioning well here. But I thought this overall was a, a cracking little match. It only went about 10 minutes, but I thought it was really, really good. Well, I, I told a good story. told such a good story. Yeah, and because... I, I was worried for a moment there that because uh, Bray Wyatt attacked Balor before the match got started and he gave him um, like a urinagi on, on the announcer's desk and the everyone runs down to help Balor to the back. He's limping. It looks like he's injured. And I was like, oh, no, are they actually going to not have this match? Even though I don't want to see this match, that does dr- kind of mean it's going to drag this feud out. Yeah. And Balor, uh, sorry, Wyatt got on the mic and he was saying, you know, you can, I'm a god. You can't come and beat me, yada, yada, yada. And Balor, Fired up properly. You know, sometimes it comes off as hokey, but Balor then went back into the ring and had the match. Mm. And I was actually invested in it for once. And usually, that's when, when they do, if they did this with Reigns, yeah. I'd be like, oh, God. It'd be so transparent. But I, this really made me invested in the match. It allowed Wyatt to have all the shine at the start. Well, I guess, no, you put the shine on someone. Yeah. So Wyatt had all the shine because he was getting beaten down for so long. When he made his comeback, uh, with that Fit Finley spot when he wrapped yep. Bray in the uh, in the apron, there was a really good bit where Balor was going to do his coup the de grace, and Wyatt did the. It the was raise one bit. of the only things in the match I didn't overly like. Balor's like, selling of it was a bit much. Yeah, that's what I mean because he, he like he sold it because they they put this thing over like the crab walk is the scariest mm-hmm. thing in the entire world. When I mean it's not, it's creepy the first time you see it, but then because he does it. You know, every single week it gets less and less scary. Um, like if you watched it on repeat, it wouldn't be as scary as George. <laughs> so, like it. So I, I, I thought his reaction to it was a bit much. Also, I actually thought the better version of that spot would him to do the crab walk and then for him still to do the coup de gras. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, uh, onto him like that. Also, very interesting. Um, blue pants for Balor. They were kind of like a silvery blue, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, I was trying to work out whether they were grey or blue. And I was hoping they were going to be blue because I wanted to be able to call him Finn Bluer for the the whole match. So I nearly texted you that, but I was like, "Wow, I'll I'll, I'll save that." for Yeah, the well, you know, we're not at our top games. <laughs> at the end, so. Are you trying to tell me that Finn Bluer is not a a great? It's not. Pun? It's not Blue Teaster. It's not. Why well, it's not Blue Teaster or Blue Teaster for that matter? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The um. Yeah, I liked his. I liked his ring attire because he yeah. had the, the the same coloured jacket. Uh, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. I, yeah, that was very noticeable. And usually, I'm I'm not really up on people changing their tights but yeah. i guess he's always worn black he's like always so. worn black yeah. uh, another great booker t moment during this match when uh Inject. when uh finn finn bluer picked up bray to give him the uh, the 1916 and um Corey Graves like oh he's setting up for the 1916 and booker t goes i don't know what that move is really good one booker good that you're not you're on board with this mm. product mate it's just, there's no filter <laughs> like he, he thought that and it came out of his mouth at exactly the same time. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that move is, man. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, not much else to say about this match. Oh, just oh, the baller went over clean. Yeah, and actually I was going to say one of my notes here, although this now doesn't reflect my actual thoughts on the match, but the video package beforehand made this feud seem much more interesting mm. than it really was because it was a very boring feud, but that video package was very good. WWE's uh, editing team has been on fire yeah. recently, especially and over the last week. So after that, we then got a video package that I got, I'd say, upwards of 40-odd messages about, mm. which was the debut of Asuka coming mm. at TLC because everyone was like, you're going to love this video package. This is the video package you've been asking for. Why didn't you tell us about it? Well, hot damn, it showed Asuka being a ca- an ass-kicking badass, and it was wonderful. There it was go. great. I was, I watched that, I was like, yes, now I'm psyched for Asuka to come up to the main roster. None of this mask nonsense, none of this let's focus on the wrong things. This was focusing on her being an unstoppable beast, and it were cracking. Loved it. There you go. Yeah, because it was, I mean... They announced her debut six weeks before it's going to happen. You had two weeks of the face, the the mask stuff, and now you get the the level up package when you're a month out. Yeah, yes, cannot, have faith. Can, I cannot have wait. Faith. Cannot wait, mate. You were really, you, you went off on one about Vince McMahon being obsessed I with think, masks. I, I, I never said he was obsessed with masks. What I said, and I mean, forgive me for thinking that WWE might mess up someone really good from mm. NXT on the main roster. Forgive me for thinking that, but I don't think I'm overly out of line. Fair enough. Uh, next up, though, we had a hell of a match. I was enjoying the pay-per-view already. Yeah. And I I adored this match. I thought, I this, thought match this was, was terrific. This told a very, very good story as well. Mm. I really, really got on with this. Although, St- uh, Seth and Dean still have separate entrances. What kind of brothers are you? Yeah, that was... I, yeah, I, I picked up on that. The... I, you know, it would happen... I would actually argue... This is the best WWE match since the New Day Usos pre-show at SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like, I, I did feel actually when I was watching these two teams go at it that the conversation that they had backstage when they were prepping this was like, we need to top the New Day and the Usos because that's the tag team match that everyone keeps talking about. So let's let's go out there and show them how it's done. I, I mean, I love the match, but the thing, and it's it's weird that their SummerSlam match was a good match made really good by an unplanned moment when Cesaro ripped the beach ball open. Uh, But here, this was a really, really good match made even better by another thing that was unplanned, which was Cesaro getting hungry mid-match and deciding to eat the ring. I have literally written here, holy F Cesaro's face. Yeah. Because he he took the, (coughs) the, the, the hit and I was like, crikey, that sounded loud. And then you didn't really see anything after that until... Cesaro's face just came up and there's just blood pouring from him. I was like, mm. what the hell happened? And then when they showed the replay and he like and he did like the big Mick Foley smile, yeah. like the Hell in a Cell smile, what a professional. Like, okay, well, this that's, is that's his gimmick. He's the professional. Yeah, it's like this has gone horribly bad. Let's make the most of it. If I can smile, then it will definitely get loads of replays. Mm. He's got the big bloody mouth and everything. What a true pro. I cannot imagine the pain he was in. Oof. No, so it was it didn't didn't uh didn't snap him out. It was they broke the tooth, so he's got like two yeah. tiny teeth where he's front oh two. Oh my god, that makes me feel a bit queasy to be honest, because I'm I'm a bit weird about teeth, mm. and like I, I, the the idea of a tooth breaking just sounds like it'd be the worst thing just, ever. Just imagine, like because I watched it, because in my head, it happened, and then he turns around and there's blood all over his face. But I went back and I watched it, and this is where Corey Graves' commentary was so so good. Uh, you know, Dean, it was like a, a monkey flip, wasn't it, into yeah. the into the turnbuckle, and. Rather than do the old into the turnbuckle pads, Cesaro went for the bump where he goes all the way over into the ring post to get a nicer sound. And he just, he must have gone too hard and proper 
funny tooth into it. Oh. And then he he falls back and Corey Graves is immediately like, whoa. He just, Cesaro just got all of his teeth on that thing. And Michael Cole's like, blah, 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 talking about something else. And Corey Graves keeps saying, Cesaro really had a, <laughs> that was like a really bad thing. And the match goes about a minute, a minute and a half. And you don't see any blood. Yeah. And and Seth, like Seth Rollins gets a tag in. And because by this point, nobody really knows what's happened. I think the referee's got some gloves on. And apart from Corey Graves, who's saying, guys, <laughs> like that, that was a really bad, not, yeah. I, we wouldn't say bump, but he really went for the, the ring. Well, uh, he's the only there. one watching the match because uh, Booker T and Mark Cole are reading their notes. Yeah, but the script they've been given. I want a shot inside Booker T's head and it's just Booker T going, jacked, I'm looking jacked. <laughs> not even paying attention to the notes. I just think of um, uh, Homer Simpson. Yeah. He just sees a, a tiny chimp riding on a bike. Yeah. And, or a chimp riding on a tiny bike. And Seth Rollins is doing all these moves and I'm thinking, like watching it on retrospect, every move was to the head. Like he did a sling blade, yeah. you know, it, it, there was a super kick and the super kick was the last one. And that's when it's like, oh, what? Where did all that blood come from? Yeah. And Michael Cole goes, I think he just super kicked the teeth out of Cesaro's mouth. And Corey Graves goes, no, <laughs> it was the ring post spot. And not ring post spot, but, you know, it was the ring yeah. post. And then uh, they go, oh, yeah, actually, I think you're right. And that's when they show the first replay. And that's when you get the smile shot yeah. that the camera guy caught. And then that's when Cesaro walks out the ring when he finally gets to tag. Like, yeah. they're finally like, okay, you better tag Sheamus now while yeah. we deal with this. It was so good as well, because when he hit it and then he came up with a smile, you could see in his eyes looking for a camera. Yeah. Just like, where's the, where's the camera? There he is. And it was so well, it did a very like, good job on that. And credit to these guys as well, because that match easily could have fallen apart mm. after that, because he had to go get the medical attention. Almost like, um, I always use this as an example, the Finn Balor-Samoa Joe yeah. match when Balor got, uh, or was it Joe got busted open? Like, Can't remember. But right, yeah, at, yeah. right at the start. And it just kept killing the momentum of the match. This didn't kill the momentum. If anything, it kind of like, it just, they it lulled for a little bit while Cesaro was getting mm. checked up and they kind of, the other three, just sort of like we're looking at each other and just doing moves but then as soon as he did that he just picked right back up yeah. and the crowd were rabid it's, it was awesome it's like a, but it's an instinctual response you see blood and all of a sudden it's like what? you know like yeah. an evolutionary response your heart rate quickens it feels serious and yeah Cesaro goes out and the, I mean I guess the reason it didn't have to be stopped was because you had other guys to work the match in the ring and I think they thought we can't stop this. Man. No, exactly, yeah. Because it was just, it was all over his face. I mean, I feel, I really feel for the guy. It's a, it's a weird state to be in. It's like the Vince McMahon angle from SmackDown. Yeah. Where you're like, I mean, he's quite obviously hurt. That was a bad thing to do in hindsight, a 72-year-old man taking that kind of hard way bump. But it was also awesome. Yeah. It's like, it, it, they're not mutually exclusive things. You can think something was bad, but also really enjoy it at the same time. Yep. And this is like like an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I really feel bad for Cesaro. He's just destroyed his two front teeth. But good grief, did it make it an excellent oh. match? An even better match than it was. Was that your first was a little, moment? Yeah, it wasn't a good one. Oh dear, that was not a tasty bump. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Cesaro came in and he just worked an excellent match. Sheamus and Cesaro. It's not just. Uh, catchphrase they are they are the bar at the moment yeah they're really really great like i've i've loved this this new day usos feud mm. absolutely loved it and they actually had a promo package for their match they're gonna yeah. have at hell yeah, in the yeah. cell and it was just like the way that they built that that package up was just like these two are having the best matches in wwe right now and they, their final one's gonna happen at hell in a cell and i was like yes it is i cannot mm. wait for that but this tag match here i was like do you know what this match was 
awesome. Mm. So, so good. And Seamus and Cesaro are great. And that's why like, uh, my cousin, Wendy, like, is just she's obsessed with the idea of splitting them up as a tag team because she wants Cesaro to get this big singles push mm. and I'm like don't know because this is the best thing for him at the, uh, for him at the moment to be in this tag team where he's always featured on TV he's going put over strong all the time they look great they work great and like they're a much better team they're better together than they are separate where they're going to get nothing so a I really of, like their promos as well yeah, yeah there was a point where Michael Cole was listing through all of um, Sheamus's accomplishments and I did things like you're absolutely right. Like in the span of like I don't know whatever it is, like eight years or whatever mm. that he's been on uh, in WWE, he's a WWE champion, world heavyweight champion, uh, a US champion, a tag team champion, a King of the Ring winner, a Royal Rumble winner, and I'm like, man, he has won pretty much everything with the exception of the IC title, which I don't think he has won, and yet here he is, still not in the main event. Well, that's what happens when your uh, your Triple H is. <laughs> Workout, buddy. You trip. Well, well, absolutely. Yeah, and then you. That's get... a, that's a false story, apparently. By the way, is it really? Yeah, yeah. He said he's uh, he worked out with him once at the start, and he said in interviews since, and and everyone. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jumped on that like, oh, they're, they're training buddies. Yeah. But actually, no. I, th- I think it's more to do with uh, Vince McMahon loves an Irish wrestler. Because yeah. he's, you know, he's got that lineage. And, um, I mean, it really worked out well for him when he had that WrestleMania match with Triple H that he really did need to win to, to legitimise mm. himself. And, um, yeah, Hunter had to go over because yeah. that was that was the result that made sense. 
But yeah, just what a terrific match just, between them. But like, I, I was I was going to say Cesaro and Sheamus, um, their tag team work because it is just like tag, move, move, tag, move, move. Yeah, and like that's how that you know that's how the revival. Works. That's going to say that's how yeah. that's why the revival is so good at yeah, what they yeah, do yeah. is because they feel like they're tag team wrestlers. Because at the moment, as much as I'm enjoying their work for the most part, because I'm not enjoying their promos or anything like that. Cesaro, uh, for Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose just feel like two guys yeah they're just they're, I mean, which is weird because they were a tag team mm. but they just feel like they're two well it was Seth yeah, and Roman yeah. but they worked in six mans together all the time mm. but now like they, they just feel like two separate people whereas they Seamus and Cesaro feel like a tag team the... Get, get matching gear and one entrance. Yeah, and they don't really have any double moves because even their big finish now, which is the Kingslayer knee into the DDT. Yeah, like that's that's two separate moves. Yes, that's it's not exactly, like yeah. a, it's not a double move. No, it's not like what they've combined to do like the super white noise with mm. the off the top. Although speaking of white noise spots, well, yes, let's talk about it. So uh, this was the one match in our predictions where we had something different. So and, and because we were drawing at Fantasy Booking Warfare, everything came down to this match. And what a match to take the honour. Uh, they and so I had Shamaro down to win, and you had a death retention, retain, so, yep. retain, whatever that is. And this moment, this spot, I thought. Well, I think we both thought. That's, that's it. Ollie's I'm, won, it. I, Ollie's did, won I, it. I did say, that's me done. I can't believe they took the stra- tag straps off them that early. So Seamus had Dean Ambrose set up for the white noise and uh, Cesaro's on the top rope to, or was it second rope maybe, yeah. to jump off and help him with the white noise. But Seth Rollins weirdly jumps up and tries to do a hurricanrana yeah. on Cesaro. And I thought, well, that's... That's a bit of a weird move for the yeah. babyface to do. But Cesaro just... It didn't really matter because it was so cool. Cesaro just held on to him. Sheamus did the white noise on Dean Ambrose. And then Cesaro powerbombed Rollins off the second rope. And onto it was, Dean? Uh, yeah, onto Dean. Made the pin. I, th- I thought it was over. I thought it was the over. The crowd were going insane. I popped... Like, I literally jumped out of my seat because yeah, yeah. I thought that I th- that two count. I thought it was over. They they really sucked me in mm. for it. I thought it was a great spot. And then they did a few more minutes and it was that finish we just talked about. Yeah. I can't remember who took the pin, actually. It's probably Cesaro. I think it was Seamus, actually. Okay, cool. But um, yeah, uh, great match. Uh, and just one last note I've got here is uh, yeah. I am not like most girls. Yes, yeah, yeah. So because that means I've now lost the, uh, the Wrestle Ramble War for September. I will have to record my own version of Nia Jax's entrance music. Yeah, which is called... Which is called... Oh, I can't remember. Force like, for Greatness. Force for Greatness. Someone will correct us yeah. in the... Because um, uh, I'm probably wrong. Oh. And, uh, yep, I've got the backing track sorted. <laughs> Just need to... Not be that hungover. Like, I came oh. in this morning, and because you're wearing the T-shirt, and you still got the backing track, and I was like, you're not recording it today, are you? Oh. And you're like, mm, no. 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 I'm going to put it off for as long as humanly possible. <laughs> Hopefully everyone forgets. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of, that's a nice segue into the next match, which was the fatal five-way for the women's championship. Alexa Bliss defeated Bailey, Emma, Nia Jax, and Sasha Banks, but mostly she defeated Bailey. Yeah, it, it was the so the promo hey, package. This. I was thinking of you for that. So the promo package at the start. Do you know what the weirdest thing is? All right, okay. I'll I'll, I'll jump onto that promo package story in a second. Aside from the Ask a Video package, I had a lot of people asking me today what I thought about Bailey taking the pin mm. and like how people were like, oh my God, they're just burying Bailey. Especially coming to me because I'm such a big Bailey mark. Do you know what it's come to? It just, I, it just washed over me. Mm. Because they pinned Bailey. I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course they did. 
Of course they did. Yeah. So like I I didn't I didn't I didn't react. I didn't get angry. I didn't get upset. I was like, yeah, no, of course they pinned Bailey because that's her return match, and yeah, of course they did that. And she's I mean it's not her hometown, but it's I guess it's her home state. No, oh, actually we didn't talk about that. Like technically, the Miz won in his hometown. Mm. Um, but I think so. Brian Alvarez said that he thinks that they thought that because she's sort of from that area that it would get heat that she was the one that was pinned and mm. you can't pin Nia Jax so you went with uh, the other one from California but what yeah. I was going to say about it was a good match though very good match really, really enjoyed this it. And, it, and it's funny as well because I, I've been a bit down on the match because it's just like oh we can't we only can have one storyline for the girls so we just got to put all of them into that one storyline um, but it's actually turned out to be really good for five, like for a five way as well, which can get a bit schmozzy at times. This was worked very, very well. The timing was good in all parts. But what I was going to say was that what I found kind of bizarre is that in the promo package at the start, during like the "Hey, you're about to watch No Mercy," and then in the promo package for the match itself, the only thing they were really talking about was Bliss Nia Jax. Mm. And I did think to myself, if that's the match that you want to keep putting in the promo package, why didn't you just book that match? here because that's what it felt like you were leading into anyway and not do it on raw and not do it on raw in, a, in about that, two minutes but that feud is apparently still continuing yeah because that's what this match was more or less built around was Nia Jax mm. being this unstoppable like we could talk about that the power bomb that she took as well Ooh. oh can we just but like again it, it felt like they were really building this around the uh, Alexa Bliss Nia Jax and I wonder if you got to get that story done and out of the way by the time that Asuka comes up Although I'd imagine they'll do Bliss Jax at TLC and Asuka mm. will have like an, like an exhibition match. Well, this was, it was a really, uh, yeah, like you said, it told a really nice story. It really protected Jax and made her look awesome at the same time. Because even though WWE cannot book baby faces for the last five, ten years, they can book a monster heel. That's what Vince knows how to do. Yeah, That's the yeah. one thing he knows how to do. He knows how to do a lot of things. <laughs> no, okay. It's the one thing he knows how to do really well. He... He knows loads of things to do really, really Such well. Such as? Eat well, steak wraps. He's, he's, you know, take headbutt shots. <laughs> I think that's unfair on Vince. Oh, I'm being unfair. Uh, the Yeah, so you had effectively all four women ganging up on Nia Jax, and then Nia Jax doing a power spot and then getting taken out. Yeah. So she was very protected within what she can do. because You know, she's not an amazing wrestler, but she can do these really good... Uh, strength spots the double Samoan drop was oh, so cool so great and then the yeah the the thing that took her out was this horrible power bomb where you I can't remember which combination of people it was but you had two women on the ground uh Nijax was holding onto the rope standing on the apron and then the other two women in the ring super kicked her off she got power bombed but kind of all took it on, on her, her sh- on yeah, her shoulder and neck. and neck oh horrible yeah probably the yeah, the worst looking bump of the night. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, another great. Well, bit no, of... That's a lie, because Roman Reigns' spear on John Cena, Oof, where okay, he DDT'd yeah, yeah. himself yeah, yeah, into yeah. an announcer's <laughs> table. Um, another great Booker T moment uh, mm. during this match. So there's a mo- there's a point when uh, Bailey Banks and Alexa Bliss, uh, the three Bs, were in the ring, and they started talking about uh, Bla- uh, Banks and Bailey's friendship. Michael Cole was talking about like, oh, what great friends they are, but. We're like almost in a triple threat situation mm. here. What will we see a friendship unfold? And then Booker T starts going like, "Yeah, but which two are going to team up as the friends here?" And the Michael goes like, "Literally Bailey and Banks yeah. because they're the friends." And uh, Alexa Bliss said they. 
It's exactly like when we, because we, we watched Money in the Bank 2011 recently and we were talking about that bit where Michael Cole goes, oh, the Money in the Bank ladder match is so dangerous. We've seen a lot of injuries already. And Booker T goes, yeah, Big Show, Big Show got big show hit got, bad. Big, big Show got carted out of and, here. And Cole goes, that wasn't a, a ladder match. <laughs> <laughs> Are you even listening to me? And Booker T goes, yeah, yeah, he's really hurt bad. <laughs> what? You're just doing your own thing on the side here, Booker. There's a, a Jerry Lawler moment uh, during that SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder match as well, mm. when uh, the core, like Wade Barrett's trying to like organise the core again, and then the core like to sort of start beating him up, and Jerry Lawler's like, "Oh, looks like that's the end of the core." It's like, yeah, you know, commentary, core split up two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the yeah. Anything else from this match? I like how many different bits they told because you had the Nia Jax storyline going through yeah. it. Alexa Bliss's role was kind of to wait until someone did a move and then she'd try and steal a pin. And then you had the nice dissension between Bailey and Banks where there was a moment where they broke up uh, each other's respective yeah. pinfalls over and over again. Uh, yeah, I, I really like the entire match. Um, yeah, I guess Emma was a bit of a non-entity. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's you know a lot of people have been asking me about like you know, my thoughts on Bailey getting pinned, but someone had to take the pin. Someone had to eat the pin in that match. It wasn't going to be Nia Jax. And if it had been Emma, everyone would have said, like, oh, why did Emma have to take the pin? If it was Banks, they'd be like, well, why does Banks always get buried? Like, mm. So someone had to take the pin, really, in, in, a, in a five-way situation. And Bailey was the one that they'd picked. And yeah. I, wonder, I wonder if it was an attempt to, for it to get a heat thing. I don't think it would, because Bailey was getting booed uh, in the match, as was Sasha Banks. That's the other thing I liked about Nia Jax in there, because she was being cheered, I think because you know the hometown uh, uh, hero thing. But when she would get up after being taken out and just get back to the ring, the crowd would just pop again. Yeah. But it's it's the, it's the Braun Strowman thing of just like she's an imposing force, and that when she's when she's around other wrestlers, you're like destruction is coming, and I can't wait to see destruction. Let's just look at this card actually, because you made me think of a, a good point there. The the opening match, Jason Jordan, he's meant to be a babyface being pushed. It's not happening. The crowd chanted for the other guy. Uh, then, then you have this match where it's, you know, Bailey really should be this super over baby face, but everyone's into Nia Jax. Yeah. She's the monster one. The next match, Roman Reigns and John Cena, everyone was booing Roman Reigns. He's meant to be the company's top baby face. The match after that, Enzo Amore was getting a lot of boos after he cheated. He's meant to be a baby face leading the cruiserweight division. And in the main event, who do they cheer? They cheer Braun Strowman, who is a monster badass baby face. It's like... It's so Hell. obvious what is working here, and you like you still stick with this bad booking of baby faces that isn't getting over. Yeah, I mean we got the Reigns Cena match next. Let's do that now. Let's let's talk about that now because this has been a bit of a divisive match. Oh, has uh, it? Yeah, I've seen a lot of people say that it was uh, one of the worst matches of the year. Some people saying that oh, it was wow. it really didn't live up to the hype. Uh, there's a, a guy that's been on Twitter saying that like Roman Reigns is just the worst and and he ruined this match. There were some people who are theorizing, who are like conspiracy theorizing that John Cena ruined this match on purpose because then it would make Roman Reigns look lesser because mm. uh, comparing it to the Michaels Hogan match from yeah, SummerSlam yeah. 05. Yeah. Which I didn't see. What I saw was a match that opening was a bit slow because it's Roman Reigns doing his I'm a power and I'm just going to beat this guy pillar to a post mm. and just do big moves and just stand around looking like a Samoan badass. A lot of rest holds. A lot of rest holds. And then it picks up uh, towards the end and it really became a great match by the end of it. I actually, I very much enjoyed it. I can totally see if, like, I mean, if you really like protected finishers... Yeah. You pro I can see why you hated this match. Well, it, it, the um, the spear was protected. 
Mm. Um, but from from scene, I mean that I I would argue that the idea of so many AAs played into the story, which is Cena can't beat Reigns with yeah. what he's got. Uh, yeah, I so I was really enjoying the pay per view up until this point. I was enjoying it a lot, and then the tag match happened, and I loved it. And then the the women's match was really good as well. It kept me up there, and then the first first so this was about like a 20 just over 20 20, minute match 22 minutes i think it went and the first half of it i was like oh yeah wow this is a this this is a stinker and like you know i wasn't even in slightly enjoying it the and it started off with cena doing a very almost house show camp like act that's what i was really i i've literally i was like are they trying to make cena out to be the heel here because he's just walking out on this match it the story didn't work and the commentators weren't helping because they didn't know really how to react to this. And it, was, and it was even more odd because the crowd is so into John Cena as this, like, as this baby face. Mm. He was being overwhelmingly cheered because John Cena has spent his entire career in WWE since being a top guy, a top baby face, being booed by the WWE universe because that's not my guy. That's not the guy. I don't think that's the guy. But now we're looking at Roman Reigns. We're like, actually, John Cena wasn't all that bad after mm. all. Look at him. And he's really good in movies. Let's definitely cheer him now. But there was a sign, and see, you should have, the look on Cena's face was priceless. Like, he was doing his entrance, and he gets in the ring, and he just suddenly gets excited. He's like, oh, my God, it happened. It finally happened. Like, saying something along those, those lines. And the camera took so long to pan around to it because Kevin Dunn's an idiot. Mm. And then the camera finally panned around, and it was a sign that says, if Cena loses, we riot. <laughs> <laughs> Very Which good. was so great. Yeah, that... Um... I didn't think of it in terms of Cena trying to intentionally bury Reigns. But that moment, the the bit where... So that the match had the, the entire crowd chant him, uh, let's go Cena. No, no, you both suck. You both, you suck. both suck. Yeah. And Cena was like, oh, well, what can I do? He gets out the ring, he walks up the, the ramp going like, oh, well, what can I do? Really overacting it. And I was just like, it feels like John Cena is not taking this match seriously. Mm. And it it really didn't fit with any story they were trying to tell. It did. I don't know if it was planned. It could have been, but it, to me, it felt like it was just an impro thing that John Cena was doing again. Like, which is symptomatic of the feud where Cena has intentionally tried to trip up Reigns at a few times. Well, the, one of the other conspiracy theories doing the rounds um, uh, amongst the, the the online wrestling community mm. is that uh, Roman was calling the match, and it was like Cena had told Roman, "You're going to call that match in the ring. We're not going to go through anything." because I want you to call it and, and and we'll see how well you can do it calling a match on your own. And there's people who've gone back and rewatched it and said like you can definitely see that Roman is calling all of the spots. Oh, interesting. And the, and the problem is he hasn't got a lot that he can work on. Mm. So he just uh, he just does a lot of rest hold. Yeah, it, and then yeah, that so the first 10 minutes is Roman working heel effectively and Cena just selling and selling and selling. While I was talking about how great Roman is on commentary. Yeah, and it was just not a good match. And then then it started to go into the old John Cena template. Then after that, it felt like a big John Cena match where he keeps hitting an AA mm-hmm. and the the other person kicks out. Four AAs in total. There was a, a one AA, AA. Yeah, super AA in there. Uh, he tried to do it through the announcer's table, but Roman Reigns speared him. That's where he DDT'd himself into Ooh, the, was a nasty into the old, commentary table. Nasty old hit, that. And, and then, yeah. So I guess the story they would tell him was Cena cannot hang with Roman Reigns anymore. It is his yard. And Reigns beat him with just one spear in the ring. There was the one through the announcer's table. Uh, but Cena couldn't put him away with even four attitude adjustments, even two consecutive ones. Uh, and after the match, I was like, 
that was okay because the first half of the match was was so disappointing and then the the last bit was like pretty above average so i think it, it flattens out to that level and then i kind of was like no actually that was pretty good yeah but now talking about it i'm back to no that was just pretty okay no, I, I enjoyed this match i was i i had hoped it would be better mm. I, i'll be honest i had hoped it would be better but i did i did overall enjoy it you're right I, I wasn't overly keen at the start of it and i thought it was a bit slow and a bit plodding but i thought it really picked up by the end of it and i think it, it told a really effective story that tied into all of their promo work which was that john cena runs his mouth whereas roman reigns was there to fight mm. so john cena was doing all of this promo stuff roman's whole thing stick was like you can talk a big game but you can't fight a big game Mm. and then when they're in that yeah. and, then, and then the senior going like you're not the guy I have to be the one here to save this company because you can't do it whereas Roman was like no dude I am the guy and I'm going to show you that I'm the guy at no mercy oh. and, he, and, and he did show that he was the guy by Cena couldn't put him away with multiple uh, attitude adjustments whereas Roman oh, takes one took one spear and then, then it took him out and that's sorry I'll let you hmm. speak in a second but I think that ties into something else that people are very upset about in the main event which I'll, I'll come on to later that story that you just said that kind of explains him walking around yeah I didn't think yeah. of that that does that ties into that I just didn't think it worked though uh, the, the big problem again was at the end of it and it's like how many times have we seen a respectful raise of Roman Reigns' hand yep. after a match and the crowd do just not want to see it so John Cena did this at the end raised Roman's hand there is thunderous booze there is someone made a point I think it was on Twitter or something I did see it was like WWE are now out of people for Roman to go over mm. and do the respect spot well, like, Brock Lesnar. Well, yeah, there, there is there is Brock, and I, that's that was the point. That's I was what it's come all to. building that's, to. That's what it's all building to. So actually, well, I mean, I might as well make the, the point now because people are very upset that Braun was taken out by one F five in the same way that Joe was only taken out by one F five. My theory on this, although I'd, I need to go back and rewatch the SummerSlam match to see if this is the case, I think they're putting over this idea that it only takes one F five to put yeah put uh, put someone down mm. because then when they do the WrestleMania match and Roman kicks out of the F five the impact is greater. Sure. You can put it over as like, it only takes one spear, it only takes one F5. Yeah. And then when Roman kicks out the F5, he'll get a thunderous cheer because he's the baby face that's going to win the Universal Championship in his fifth WrestleMania main event in a row, whatever it is. That is a great story. It's a great story. It's just the wrong character with Reigns to tell it with. We said this on last week's show. Uh, it's like they're telling the they're telling the right story with the wrong person. That's New Japan levels of long-term booking and, and getting over moves if that yeah. really is what they're doing. Uh, so after the, the botched Reigns endorsement again, Cena then stayed in the ring and he's like sort of sat around smiling at everyone, taking it all in. And then he did a bow. And then as he walked out, he looked back over his shoulder and was like, oh, this is I'm going to miss all this. And then he touches the video screen at the top and everyone's like, oh, is, is Cena retired? Is this Cena's last match? But he's done this before. You know, like mm. the, he even cut that promo off. Was it after the Brock match at Extreme Rules once? He was like, "This is me done." I can't remember. To be yeah, honest. It was, it, he's definitely done it before, and then he'll be back. I mean, the guy's been, you know, he he should have been fired after uh, Money in the Bank 2011 when he lost, but he was back the next night. He's meant to be fired when he lost to the Nexus or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, so, but he is off to to film a movie. He is, yeah. And uh, Brian Alvarez was saying on the the Brian and Vinny show that a lot of the boys in the back think that he's done. And that 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 that's it now. For and he'll he's now going to very much just being a part timer. He'll come in and just do the big four, and mm. he won't do any of the the B shows or anything like that. So there are people who don't think he's going to be back for the Rumble. He'll be back for WrestleMania season. 
Oh, well, well the, the, report the report are that he will be back, back for, for the, the Rumble, Rumble yeah. but, uh, to go back to SmackDown. But yeah, so apparently the, the word backstage is that a lot of people aren't expecting him back until Mania now. Oh, wow. Oh, I, that, yeah, I haven't heard that. So um, that was that was a nice bit, a bit confusing, and the crowd were very much into him chanting, thank you, Cena. But it kind of, it, it stole what was meant to be Reigns' spotlight. It's, it's weird. But they, he already they, had the endorsement. He had the endorsement, but then you should... You should leave on that. Whereas now everyone's remembering Cena, uh, you know, doing the emotional thing. It's like, I, I sometimes forget Roman Reigns beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. I just remember Undertaker retiring. The sexy strip. The sexy strip dance. The most, well, no, it's no longer the most depressing strip dance I've seen. Oh, yeah? Well, which one have you seen? The weekend. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I see now. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's like... I get, I get it. You're trying to build up Reigns as your top baby face, but if if you if you were really trying, I I wouldn't put those bits after it. You know, I, that yeah. would be the bit I leave people on. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I can agree with that as well. But I, I think the, the the point of that we're running out of people for yeah. for Roman to go over, and where this is not working because like, what are you going to do when he wins at WrestleMania and he's still not over? It's like, you're just going to put him in suffusion. Because last, last time happened, when he was WWE champion, yeah. when he, went, he beat Triple H, he was like, this will be the one. This is our crowning of, of the champion. And it didn't work. And so they're like, ah, oh, we'll just take the belt off him then. Mm. Are you just going to do the same thing when he comes to the Universal Championship? This year's worth of storyline telling just for him to, I don't know, just for him to have the belt for a, for a cup, of, cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Enzo Amore was up oh, next. Oh, God. This match. <laughs> this, I, this went... This match went 10 minutes. It felt like it went 30. Mm. It just went on and on and on. And I'm pretty sure that Enzo hit two moves in the entire match. One of them was pretty good. Yeah, his, he did his... DDT. Like, he did the, his, uh, his DDG, I believe it's mm. called. Um, and, uh, and then he kicked uh, Neville in the nuts. And that was pretty much the only thing that he did in the match. Yeah, so it was uh, it was put in that. So I don't know why WWE do this because you did the cooldown match. The cool, yeah, the cooldown match where you, you you can't have two really good main events next to each other. You've got to bring the crowd down so you can bring them back up again. This would usually this would uh, used to be a divas match. Yeah, and I was like, what? <laughs> why why do that? Yeah. Can New Japan put on cracking match, cracking match, cracking match, and everyone tries to top each other? Uh, it can be done, and absolutely, it can be done, and it should be done. Mm. But that is the WWE mentality. That's just the way that they book shows. That's the yeah. way they lay out shows because yeah. that's it's historically what they've always done. So, in their minds, why why do we want to yeah. change that? I yeah, I I, I disagree. Uh, but this yeah, for better or worse, it was in there, and uh, it was it was a they succeeded with bringing the crowd down. <laughs> it was a really bad match. Yeah, really bad. And like it just um, Neville's a great worker. And it shows how not as good Enzo Amore is in the ring that he can bring Neville down. I mean, you got the Neville level and Enzo's level, and and it it was down here more than it was up there. I've never felt more sorry for Neville um, to lose as to, well. To, to lose and and lose in the manner that he did. This was, I mean, they've they've essentially killed the Neville character now because like when he won the belt at the Royal Rumble and he was the king of the cruiserweights he was awesome and then that loss to Akira that pointless loss to Akira Dezawa just stopped dead any momentum that he might have had and then he's been in this completely dead end feud with Enzo that he's now lost so now like this king of the cruiserweights it's it's the uh, the new face of America gimmick you can't be the new face of America if you keep losing the US title can you imagine if Neville never lost before SummerSlam 
Yeah. And this and this was his big thing. And then Enzo beat him. Yeah. We would be a lot. We would be like. I think we kind of gave up on on the Neville reign after pretty much after yeah. he lost to Tazawa. But uh, if we didn't, and we were still really invested in it, and he lost to Enzo. After oh, what eight eight nine months? Ten months. Well, nearly ten months. No, yeah. Uh, well, it's nine. It months. was at the end of. Yeah, well, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Eight months. I've, I'm not not all there today. But yeah, that would have been. We would be a lot angrier. We, right we now. certainly would be. But this was a dreadful, dreadful match. It went far too long, and it 100% killed the crowd. And the show never recovered for after this. So the actual finish, because we haven't outlined what it was. Uh, Enzo goes out the ring. He grabs the cruiserweight title. Out. Here's the daft thing about this. So Neville uh, throws him over to the timekeeper's area and he goes back into the ring and the referee's counting mm-hmm. one and he gets to eight and Corey Graves is like, Enzo's not going to get back in. Neville's going to win by count out. And then Enzo picks up the cruiserweight title and by him picking up the cruiserweight title, the referee stopped counting mm. and then was like trying to stop Neville from like going after him. And then Enzo gets back into the ring with the title and then, like, it looks like he's going to go hit Neville with it. Referee takes the title off of him, kicks Neville low, and pins him after that. The referee doesn't kick him low. No, no. So that's yeah, what it, yeah. yeah, Enzo kicks him low. So, really, Enzo should have been counted out because he was out for a long mm. time. And the ref was basically at 10 when he stopped. There's there's many things wrong with the finish. Uh, it's just... So, so the story they... they I believe they were telling leading up to it, but it's hard to know now what their actual, what story they are telling and and how much we just try and make up to fill in their gaps. Part of the problem with that is that they they don't do any recaps on Raw. Mm. So if you don't watch 205 Live, which no one does, then then you you can't know the storylines. Yeah, so it's Enzo, Enzo Amore has been cheating a lot in his matches, but the go-home promo between him and Neville was, I'm not going to cheat this weekend. I'm going to beat you fair and square like a man. Now... The way I would then, if like if this is the feud you're doing, actually have Enzo, you know, you, you do that spot. Enzo looks like he might cheat, and then he thinks better of it. The referee takes it off him, and then Neville kicks him in the nuts. Much better. And then Neville pins him. Like Much that, better. That's the story, right? Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, absolutely. That makes complete sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but doing it this way, it just it just undercuts everything you've told beforehand, and it's just so what they've done they. It's like they want to push Enzo because he does get a reaction, but they also want to bury him. So they are they are somehow succeeding in both pushing and burying someone at the so same I time. I said last week, either push him or bury him. You can't do both. And by doing both, they've made the Cruiserweight mm. t- Championship seem utterly ri- pointless. And all, utterly ridiculous. and all the people in that Cruiserweight division. <sighs> Have you seen what WWE.com or WWE's Twitter has been doing? All the cruiserweights have been posting, well, you know, that's a joke, this is ridiculous. And WWE's been retweeting that. Because I wonder if that's now the story, that, the story that Enzo yeah. being champion is is ridiculous. And that's going to be the story going forward, is that we don't want this man, A, we don't want him in 205 Live, B, he shouldn't be here, C, he shouldn't be champion. So I wonder if the storyline there is perhaps some there's wishful thinking. It's going to lead to Cedric Alexander taking the belt off of him and being like the. Well, we can hope. We can, uh, we boy. can certainly hope. Uh, yeah, I just, I mean, this was a re- this this was a good pay per view, and then you had that that dull bit in the Cena match, but then it picked up. If this was just Enzo walking in and Neville kicking him, kicking his head right off, and it was a squash win in ten seconds. And I've been like, holy hell, this is a cracking pay-per-view. 
but then you, you had this, which was not good. It was 10 minutes of really bad. It was a bad match with bad booking, which is the worst combination you can have. And then the, the main event. So we haven't actually spoken about the main event outside of this room. No. Uh, Brock Lesnar defeated Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship in nine minutes. Yeah. I, felt it, I thought it was shorter, but apparently it was nine minutes. Actually, I, I felt it went longer. Um, and yeah, this was, I mean, the title of this video says it all. I, I think this is the most disappointing main event in, twen- in 2017. And I, I say that in because I was so hyped going into it because mm. I thought that the build they've done has been really, really strong. I thought both characters are excellent, but this match was very flat. And I was trying to work out why I thought it was so flat and why I thought it was actually pretty boring and really uninteresting. And it was something that, that Alvarez said on the Brian and Vinny show, where he said that what we've enjoyed about the, the, the Brock Braun encounters has been this destruction, has been this King mm. Kong Godzilla mentality of just like nothing is safe. You've got to reinforce the city, you've got to reinforce the building, you've got to like, because we're going to destroy everything in our path. Like, Braun didn't even do his run into the ring post spots. Like, he did absolutely nothing. Like, yeah. he did, they didn't go through the walls. They didn't go yeah, through the Yeah, now's the time for the timekeepers. We haven't had a timekeepers bit for ages. Exactly. There was no chairs thrown. Mm. There was none of this sort of stuff. Not a so, single ambulance was flipped. Absolutely not. So there was nothing. So they had a wrestling match, mm. but it was a very boring wrestling match because Braun isn't a wrestler. He's a power lifter. So why didn't you just do like a big mean guy that's just smash stuff up? Because Brock can do that because Brock's an incredible hybrid wrestler. Just smashed everything like hither mm. and yonder and the crowd would have been into it. But the crowd were waiting for that level of destruction to come. But they didn't get that. What they got was a, was moves and then uh, a, a few power slams and then an F5 and a Kimura spot. I, th- I think it's it's also, yeah, it's that. And it's because, so you had the Braun Strowman expectation of these crazy, really cool spots, ring breaks, ambulance flips, all the announcer's desks being destroyed. And, and then you had the Brock Lesnar expectation side of things, which is really good spots and angles in his matches. Randy Orton, the, the blood finish from last year's SummerSlam. Goldberg, like, you know, that caught everyone by surprise. It was a huge topic of debate for ages. Brock Lesnar matches feel so important because they have built up that reputation of having out-the-box stuff happen. But this was so in-the-box. Yeah. And it was like that double form of disappointment. And, yeah, it's not what people wanted. People didn't want to see uh, Suplex City to that extent or you know a few running power slams they wanted to see stuff get destroyed at ringside and some weird crazy finish that makes sense in retrospect I, and leads yeah. on a cliffhanger that that's pretty much what i was expecting as well because i was expecting that kind of match then to lead into them doing a return match down the road at some point but i mean this seemed fairly definitive and yeah. it, was, it was really disappointing and you could tell how little the crowd were into this because no one reacted during the kimura spots they were into it for like the first two minutes when they had the whole match ahead of them when you thought yeah. you know, all this stuff was happening. Uh, and there was the, they did the no-sell spot. There was a German suplex and Braun stood right back up and the crowd popped for that. But then it became apparent that they were just going to have an in-ring wrestling but I, match. But I think the crowd 
thought, okay, they're going to have this match, and then we're going to get it outside, and that's when we'll start doing the destruction stuff. As I said, I feel that's what they were always waiting for. Mm. So when Brock put uh, Braun in the Kimura, no one reacted, because I was like, well, this definitely isn't a finish. We haven't even done any of the destruction stuff yeah. yet. So let's, we could, we'll just wait. Till, he'll get to the ropes, and then we can carry on the rest of the time. And that's why no one popped for the, the F5 pin either, mm. because everyone was like, well, that's clearly not the finish. They've, they've done everything in the ring. They haven't even been outside yet. Well, well, a lot of people I've seen have criticised this match for burying Braun Strowman. Oh, I completely disagree. And yeah, it's, that's that's kind of the overuse of the term burying where people lose. But I'm not going to say it did Braun any favours because I really thought this match needed to have a finish that protected Braun. You know, like a screwy finish or he was not sellotaped to the ring. Not like uh, that big show the, the, match. The Batista one. Yeah, the, the Batista one, yeah. But something needs to happen where Braun was still like screaming in rage as he was being pinned. Like mm-hmm. he needed to look strong. Uh, but he didn't. He just got beat after 1F5. And seeing all the stuff that Braun has gone through, through, you know, in the last eight months, to just lose to 1F5, it doesn't make sense from what we've been built up to expect. No, but I think that what they did really well with Braun in this match, because I thought they were actually they were putting him over super strong mm. in this match, and they, I, I don't understand the, the this idea that oh they buried him because as you said it's just, it's an overused turn and people have, it's it's like clickbait it's just lost all yeah. meaning it's it's just a word now that means nothing because Braun like no soul German suplexes survived the Kimura hit loads of power slams hit all this hither and yonder he was and the commentators were really putting over the fact that Goldberg is uh, Goldberg Lesnar has never been in this much trouble mm. Brock, uh, Braun is definitely the toughest challenge that he's ever had and um uh Corey Graves uh, Michael Cole said like have we ever seen anyone take Brock Lesnar to this level and Corey Graves goes well in Goldberg last year Michael was like yeah, but that was the surprise factor mm. like he like Goldberg didn't actually dominate Lesnar Braun Strowman is dominating yeah. Lesnar. Yeah. And I so I thought the commentators were doing a really good job of putting Braun over strong so that he didn't look weak in defeat. Now, you cannot make the, the F5 argument, but if my theory is correct that they're doing this so that Roman can kick out of it at WrestleMania and make it seem to make it seem Roman is awesome, mm-hmm. then you cannot you have to do that finish. But like but okay, here's the thing with that. You're sacrificing everyone to get Roman over. Mm. And you could you could make the argument, why would you sacrifice everyone to get Roman over? I would say, well, that's what we've been doing for the last five years anyway. Because he's all, he's all they've got. Yeah, They put all of their eggs into this rain-shaped basket. If this doesn't work, they have no one else. Because everyone else has been used at his expense. Yeah, that's, that's exactly... Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a real shame for WWE. Yeah. Especially because Braun Strowman has been so good and he's really gotten over just like Samoa Joe did people bought into him and they wanted to see him tear stuff up and while it wasn't a burial it is it will hurt him mm-hmm. and he won't have that unstoppable credibility like he used to because in, in the same way that Samoa Joe won't be the yeah, same yeah. Uh, coming out of it either there's, but, there's a definite like pre Great Balls of Fire Samoa Joe and post Great Balls of Fire but that's because they've just got this, this mentality that we could, we're pushing one guy mm. we're pushing this one guy to lead this company and everyone else is just there to service this one guy yeah, it was so. This was this was a, a significant misstep. Yeah, in, really, in really WWE. bad. I was I was I was so disappointed by this match because I was really looking forward to it. Mm. And when people are, are kind of like giving their feedback on this, and people were sending us feedback on the show, I really felt like these last two matches really affected people's opinion on this show, mm. and it made people forget all the great stuff that came before it. Because I've seen a lot of people say like, 
oh, definitely one of the worst shows of the year, this and the other. And I'm like, do you know what? It wasn't one of the worst shows of the year because that undercard... Because fast lane happened. <laughs> because that undercard was so good. Mm. The undercard was great. Every single match was hitting. Every, like Even bloody Bray Wyatt had a great match. How often does yeah. that happen? Yeah. Like, th- this was a really great show up until the last two matches. And the last two matches just really killed the crowd and it kind of left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. So that last mouthful... And it's like, oh no, I had a massive peppercorn mm. in that, and now the peppercorn's stuck in my teeth, and it's to make it it's a bit like now it's just really acidic in my mouth. Whereas you're like, oh yeah, but that steak was bloody lovely I was having before then. Mm. And that's what I think. That's what I think, uh, and this is why I don't do the pay per view reviews because <laughs> because a lot of when you get hungry, you just start making food puns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I need to go home. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Like, I'm having the earliest of early nights uh, tonight. I mean, the, uh, what is the most depressing thing is that, because I've got to edit this and get this live up onto YouTube, that's going to take me ages. I've still got to do the news. And that might keep, and, uh, and, and that might keep me up longer than I want to be up. So, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i a trooper, so I will get it done, but I'm going to be very tired. And I'm going to have such a, I'm going to have such a sleep tonight. Well, I hope we we weren't too hungover in the show, and it was. I think we did okay. I think we did. Actually, yeah. I think we actually did quite all right until the end, until the last well, thirty seconds. Yeah, but that's not going to be in there. Oh, so is it not? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, what happened is, uh, listeners, is that we just completely stopped caring in the outro, and it took us about a minute and a half to do, and you nearly threw up. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so let's do some iTunes reviews so we can go to sleep. BTM and year. BTM and year. It looks like Batman without vowels. Hmm. Batman Year One. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Batman Year One says, Hey, that's pretty good. They weren't lying when they said the extra ramble was worth it. Glad I subscribed to the podcast. Thanks, Cheers, Batman Year One. And uh, Maggie underscore Rita writes, Great show. Love these guys and their work. They have good chemistry, but differ enough in opinion that you get different and unique perspectives from each one. Hashtag SWAF Nation. Winky smiley face with its tongue out. Yeah. Cheers, cheers Maggie cheers, Rita. Maggie Rita. So we are we're gonna go and um, just just die briefly, mm-hmm. and we'll be back with a new Wrestle Ramble on Wednesday. Love you. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.